Just so you're aware, before we get started, I will mention that in this episode, you will find out how it is that I went to Japan for free. That's right, entirely for free, and I will be explaining in this episode how that happened. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Escape in Japan podcast. This is going to be a bit of a different episode because this is a Q&A, a question and answer session in case somehow you didn't know what Q&A stood for. And instead of me preparing a podcast and thinking about a topic to discuss, this is literally just me answering the questions which you very kindly submitted to the Instagram page. And before we get started, uh, I'm very sorry that it's been quite a while since the last episode. Um, basically, I'm very lazy, so that's pretty much the only reason why there's been some delay there. So uh, without further ado, we'll crack on with the podcast and get into your questions. And as I say, I'm very, very grateful for everybody who took part and who sent their questions in. There's been so many. Uh, some of them are very, very fantastic and brilliant. Some of them are a little bit crazy. Some of them are very quite deep and profound and, and philosophical, and some of them are just ridiculous. So I'm looking forward to getting through them all. As I say, there's been so many, and I'm very, very grateful. So thank you so much. And yes, no more delay. Let's begin. So question one. Question one is, how easy is it to find work in Japan if you don't speak Japanese? This question came up a lot, uh, but the first two people to ask were Malavika and also the brilliant Donnie from Colombia. So the question around language in Japan is an interesting one. As we all know, English is really not widely spoken in Japan. A lot of people know the basics, and certainly if you're visiting as a tourist, you definitely don't need to know Japanese. People in hotels, uh, people in restaurants, and any kind of hospitality setting will, will, will know basic English. And if not, then they'll definitely be used to at least trying to speak a bit of English so uh, overall com communication won't be too difficult. In terms of work, obviously that's a different story. Now, for me, the bigger question around speaking Japanese or not speaking Japanese when it comes to work is, is less around the language and more around the culture. And what I mean by that is, obviously, if you're from Japan, if you're born and raised in Japan, then the kind of job you'll be looking for is going to be markedly different to the kind of job you'd be looking for if you just came to Japan uh, just you know, on a one or two year visa to explore a new country and a new culture. I guess the optimistic part of me has to say that if you don't speak Japanese, do not worry. There are so, so, so many jobs that you can get. The obvious one to say is that of an English teacher. And of course, it's not just English that Japanese people are, uh, Japanese children and you know school children or adults are learning. They're also learning French, uh, German, and certainly Mandarin. But of course, English is definitely the most... Uh, taught language in Japan. And I would say that if you are, you know, looking to be an English teacher, then certainly there are so many uh, different avenues and different ways to do that. But uh, of course, I appreciate that not all of you have uh, English as your first language. Um, that again, that doesn't mean that you're in any way restricted. There are so many jobs that you can do 
either without English or without English being your native language. There are so many companies uh, these days which have either their headquarters in Japan or have uh, at least a large, large presence in Japan. You know, you think of the likes of Yamaha or Nissan, uh, you know, or uh, even Nintendo. Um, whilst I appreciate these are Japanese companies, they are global facing, and therefore they'll always need staff, particularly at an office level, to you know, who who, who speak English. I think the main thing to say, though, as I as I touched on, is culture in Japan. It's a very very different way of working. Uh, language, you know, in in some jobs, obviously you'll need to speak Japanese, but the jobs which don't require Japanese may still require adhering to Japanese culture. And, you know, sometimes that can mean long hours. Sometimes that can mean a very different way of, of working. It can mean being in total uh, subservience and submission to your boss or your manager. Uh, it can certainly be a different way of working than, as I say, than everyone is used to. But look, don't let that put you off. The overarching sort of idea behind this is that regardless of what language you speak, what culture you are used to, moving to Japan, finding a job is not only achievable, but it's also so, so worth it. Okay, well, that was one question. Uh, I'll try and keep the answers a little bit shorter from here on in. The next question comes from the brilliant Jubel Christoffel, and that is, is it forbidden to talk or whisper on a train in Japan? Uh, sort of yes and no. So, you know, if you do whisper, you do sort of talk quite quietly to someone, you're not going to get thrown off the train or arrested or deported or anything like that. I think, it's, you know, it's just about using common sense. Certainly, I wouldn't encourage having any phone calls, especially on the, the Shinkansen, the bullet trains, you know, they are very luxurious, uh, particularly the top level ones. They have a big emphasis on peace and quiet and calmness. I think, as I say, it's just about common sense, really. You know, as a, if you're going to talk or have a conversation, it's fine. Like, you know, no one really cares that much. It's just if you're going to be loud or excessively loud or, you know, it's it just gets a bit much. And Growing up in London, for me, you know, people being loud and drunk on trains, it's so normal. And that's what I would do all the time. But to be honest, it, it is really nice sometimes going to Japan and, and just having that total peace and quiet and calmness. Uh, it, it really, really, really is nice. That being said, obviously, there are times when you do kind of want to just just talk a bit louder and you do feel a little bit awkward, but it's totally fine. If you're on your own, you know, headphones in, don't. Uh, have a conversation on the phone and you're totally fine. Next question comes from uh, Gillian from Glasgow, otherwise known as Creative T Illustrations. Uh, check out her page. Got some fantastic designs on there. And Gillian's question is, uh, what advice do you have on moving to Japan, uh, especially relating to expenses and also pets? So firstly, I sadly can't comment on anything to do with pets. Uh, I don't have a pet and I'm not too sure what the situation is um, in terms of bringing those pets to Japan. I'm sure there is a way for that to be done. 
Uh, I, I don't imagine it would be particularly straightforward. I, I do imagine it would be slightly complex, but I'm, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. I'm sure, you know, if you if you are if you do want to move to Japan and and you have a pet that you're particularly uh, close with, um, then yeah, I'm, I'm sure that'll be absolutely fine. In terms of expenses, yeah. You know, of course, I think it's one of those things where it's better to have too much than not enough. So whilst it may not be as expensive as you think it's going to be, what I would say is, you know, save up more money than you think you'll need. I I appreciate that. One of the main uh, stumbling blocks of people moving to Japan, uh, apart from, uh, you know, the obvious COVID is is cost. And I, I totally appreciate that it takes time. Uh, it takes a lot of money. And in fact, the first time that I left the UK was June 2018, at the end of June. And I'd saved up for at least a year living back at my parents' house, working a job, saving every single penny. And I, I totally understand that people are in different scenarios. And uh, for a lot of people who are lucky enough to be born into great money, then you know, moving around the world is totally easy. I can assure you that's definitely not the case for me. And I, I did save and I, I worked very, very hard and I, I was incredibly lucky. So, um, so yeah, I've been lucky enough to, to live in places like Australia and New Zealand. So uh, as I say, I'm very, very grateful. So my answer uh, to Gillian about expenses is, you know, don't be frightened. It's not going to cost you millions and millions, but certainly save uh, more than you think you can. The next question is from Ren. Ren's Instagram is R-E-N-S-L-V-D-R. And also the same question came uh, in from Ali from Watford as well. And this question is, uh, what is your favorite place in Japan? Now, this is a great question because a lot of people have a lot of different answers to this. And, you know, I'd love to be really cool. I'd love to be really different. I'd love to say, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's Hokkaido or it's uh, Sapporo or it's Sendai or you know or Fukuoka even I'd love to say that but if I'm being brutally honest with you the place that made me fall in love with Japan truly was Tokyo Tokyo is just it's another world I, I can't even begin to describe it uh, obviously as I've said I grew up in London so naturally I am uh, much more of a city person but it's just it's it's amazing you will never be bored in Tokyo and there are things that you'll see on a daily basis which will blow your mind. There's so much to do. There's so much to see. There's so much variety. And yes, it can be expensive, but that's only in the expensive neighborhoods. It doesn't have to be expensive. And that's a kind of a common misconception about Japan is that it's extremely expensive. And it's like anywhere. It can be expensive, but it doesn't have to be. And as I say, Tokyo, it will blow your mind daily. And there are surprises around every corner. So whilst there are a million different places in Japan that are so wonderful and there's so, you know, 99% of Japan I'm still yet to experience, but but certainly my favorite place is is Tokyo. Uh, next question. Um, by the way, some of these questions I've, I've kind of skim read, but there's a lot of them I actually have never, I've not even looked at. I've just uh, put it all into a Word document. I copy and pasted the entire thing. So uh, I've, you know, I've not prepared any of these answers. And as you can tell, the next question we have from silver underscore 28W is, I want to say hello from the Philippines. Well, silver, hello to you too. And uh, thank you. For, thank you very much for, uh, for getting in touch.
The next question comes from Molly D'Angelo in London. Uh, Molly says, what date am I setting for our wedding? Okay, brilliant. Well, uh, I will be back in London uh, this year. So Molly, let's go for Christmas. Uh, that could be quite nice uh, with some of the snow in the background. Another question we have here from, uh, I don't know how to pronounce this, Mao, perhaps M-A-U underscore D-G-M. Mao says, who are the Japanese singers that are really famous in Japan? This is a fantastic question because I genuinely think that Japanese music uh, doesn't get enough attention. We all know about K-pop and K-pop is brilliant, uh, not just BTS, but you know, there's some really, really, obviously K-pop is fantastic. Like, you know, you, you can't deny it, love it or hate it. Like it is, it's just great. Like it, it makes some fantastic music, the videos, uh, the personalities. So yeah, I, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm not about to hate on K-pop, but you know, I think people should look at J-pop a little bit more as well. Uh, there's some fantastic Japanese music. My personal favorite, there's a band called X Japan, just the letter X, then Japan. They're quite an old band now, actually. They've been going around for quite some time. And they are just brilliant. And they made a song called Tears. And it's so beautiful. Half of the song is in Japanese. Half of it is in English. And I think the lyrics, I think they essentially sing it through in Japanese. And then they kind of repeat the, the lyrics again, but in English. And I believe the, the song is about their guitarist who... Uh, sadly passed away this is as i say it, it's not that new it's, it's quite an old song but it's it's so beautiful so uh, yeah my recommendation would be tears uh, by x japan and here we have a question from shikishima which says did you see a steam engine in japan i don't know if you are referring to steam engines just in general or or a train steam engine uh, in terms of steam engines, I, I'm, I'm not too sure. I don't spend too much time around uh, industrial estates. However, a steam engine train, I haven't. I really, really haven't. Um, I don't actually, I, I'm going to sound probably quite stupid here or quite ignorant, but I have no knowledge at all of whether there is any steam engine trains in Japan. Uh, maybe there are, and I'm just being very ignorant. I don't know. But I see a lot of uh, regular trains, a lot of bullet trains. They are there everywhere. The next question comes from the brilliant Kishan Thakar. Uh, Kishan says, how hard would it be for a vegetarian to survive in Japan? Uh, the short answer, Kishan, is it wouldn't be hard at all. Uh, the vegetarian options in Japan are everywhere. There's, it, it, it would be very easy to be a vegetarian in Japan. As everyone knows, the food in Japan, not only is there a lot of choice, but the quality is extremely high. The Japanese diet is rich in vegetables. It's very, very healthy. Obviously, fish is widespread here, particularly with things like sushi uh, and meat is uh, as well. But yeah, there would be no problem at all for vegetarians. There's, there's so many options and it's all absolutely uh, delicious. Kayla Sarank, again, big shout out to Kayla. She's been a big uh, supporter of the show since day one. Kayla says, what do you do in your spare time? Well, Kayla, <laughs> depends on my mood, depends on what on what day it is. I actually have started recently to do stand-up comedy. Uh, stand-up comedy is something that I've been wanting to do for a while, and it's something I've been getting into, and I'm hoping to uh, actually make the Escape in Japan page a little bit more about that as the months go on and make it more sort of about me being my uh, stupid self and embarrassing myself for everyone else's enjoyment. But I don't, obviously don't want to alienate my followers who just enjoy 
uh, seeing my pictures about Japan. So that's a risk I'm going to have to take in the future. I also enjoy going out. Yeah, I really enjoy food. I'm really, really, really into food. Uh, I do enjoy uh, a drink as well. Enjoy seeing my friends. And uh, yeah, speaking to my family who I've not seen since, when did I see them? February 2020, before the pandemic came about. But I am heading home this year. Uh, I'm not going to give away the exact date because it's a surprise, but it will be happening this year. The next question is from the lovely Shokran from Manchester. And Shokran's question is, what was the reason why you wanted to visit Japan in the first place? And this answer is honestly going to blow your mind. I have to tell myself every day that this actually happened because honestly, to this day, I still find it very, very hard to believe. But believe it or not, a couple of years ago, I was lucky enough to go to Japan for free. In 2018, I was living in Sydney in Australia. It was a lovely Saturday. It was a beautiful sunny day and it was around 12 in the afternoon. And I was out with my friends, just doing some shopping, walking around the city centre, and then we came across a big crowd of people. Now, the crowd of people were queuing up for something. We, we weren't sure what, they were in a big line, and we couldn't really see what was going on. So we walked over to investigate. It was then that we saw a lot of signs, a lot of branding, and some advertising for Uniqlo. Now, for those of you who don't know, Uniqlo, that's U-N-I-Q-L-O, is a clothing brand. It's a Japanese clothing brand. It's very, very popular in London. It's really cool. It's quite big around the world. And they were hosting a promotional event in the city center of Sydney. That's a tongue twister. In the city center of Sydney on a lovely summer's day. So my friend and I thought, okay, let's investigate. Let's see what's going on. And we realized that what they were doing was hosting a competition. They had at the front of this big queue of people a large wheel, a prize wheel that you could spin and you could win whichever prize was on there. Now, the prizes were a whole host of things. You could win a bowl of ramen, uh, museum tickets, uh, money or food, all, you know, all, all manner of things that, that you could win. So we queued up for quite a while and it was taking forever. So we were very, very close to giving up. Then we eventually got to the front and my friend spun the wheel and she won the grand prize of a lollipop. And actually at the time I was jealous. I was really jealous because it was a strawberries and cream chopper chops lolly, which yeah, pretty hard to come by and they're absolutely delicious. Then it was my turn to spin. I spun the wheel and I landed on the smallest, tiniest segment on the entire wheel. Now, what happened if you landed on this particular segment was they take down your name and they put you into a prize draw to win a trip to Japan. So hundreds and hundreds of people were queuing. And I think at this point, there were about 13 others who, who had got into the draw. And but, you know, that, that, that was at midday and it was going on all day. So obviously, towards the end of the day, there was loads of people in this prize draw. So I didn't give it a second thought. I just thought, well, that's nice. You know, I didn't really think much about it. Until round about 4pm, I was back at my apartment when all of a sudden, my phone started ringing. I picked up the phone. I introduced myself as one does when they pick up the phone. And 
the lady on the other end of the line introduced herself as Caitlin from Uniqlo. And once I confirmed who I was and everything else, she said, well, I'm pleased to let you know you have just won our grand prize of a trip to Japan. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if it was real. I didn't know if it was fake. But all of a sudden, all I could hear was this huge crowd of people just going wild, screaming down the phone, because little did I know that the, the phone call was being beamed, was being played aloud to the whole huge crowd of hundreds of people in the center, in the city center of Sydney. And I, I was losing my mind. I was freaking out. I was so happy. I couldn't believe it. I just won a trip to Japan. It was absolutely incredible. And at this point, I had not been to Japan. I, I, I had, I liked the place. I didn't have a crazy interest in it, but I'd never been. And I certainly had never won a competition in my life. And then lo and behold, Monday rolls around and she sends me an email with all the details. And I had won a trip to Japan. I'd won fl first class flights. I'd won all my hotel uh, hotels paid for, luxury hotels. I'd won spending money, and it was just incredible. And I don't know if people prefer to travel with friends or travel on their own. I think both options are good. Depends where you go and what you're doing. But for this trip, I wanted to go entirely on my own. And that's what I did. And I flew out, lo and behold, from Sydney to Tokyo. And I had the most incredible time of my life. I stayed in beautiful hotels. Uh, I, I went for, I went, uh, flew into Tokyo. I got the bullet train, the Shinkansen down to Kyoto. I stayed there. I then got the Shinkansen down to Osaka. It was just the most magical, marvelous time. I went all around Akihabara. I had sushi. I did just the most wonderful things. It was so incredible. I feel so humbled and privileged and blessed and grateful and thankful that it happened. As I say, I still to this day don't believe that it did happen, but it genuinely did. It was so amazing. And I, I, honestly, it just sparked such a deep appreciation and love for Japan. It was truly wonderful. It was an experience I will never, ever forget. And I owe Uniqlo a huge thank you because truly sending someone to Japan for free really is a dream come true. So uh, yeah, it was just amazing. I'm incredibly grateful. And that is why I like Japan. There are still so many more questions to get through, so I'm going to make another episode and put those questions in there. If you'd like to take part, please do message Escape in Japan on Instagram. Get some of those questions across and I will shout you out and I will answer the question in the podcast. Thank you so much for contributing, for listening, for following. Thank you for all the support. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if this format is something people are enjoying, then I'll keep doing them and doing them and doing them until we all get sick of them. And I've enjoyed making it, so hopefully you've enjoyed listening to it. Thank you so much, and I'll see you next time. Arigato gozaimasu.